Welcome to the Christian Life Podcast. At Christian Life, we're all about making disciples of all generations. If you'd like to connect with us and find out more about what's going on here, you can find us on Facebook at CLC Gridley, and of course on the web at clcgridley.org. We hope that God speaks to you through the message you're about to hear. Let's dive in together. I'm excited to be here, and um, I'm ready for the message that God has been putting on my heart. It started like, well, I didn't even know what I was going to be preaching on until Monday, um, and it's just crazy how God works. Um, But right now, we are in week three of a four-week series we've been going through. um, It's called The Good Work is what our series is, and today, the message is called Standing Strong in the Face of Opposition. Now, when I say this week has been rough, I mean because I've literally had opposition like smacking me in my face, hitting me up and down. It's been a long week, but I have (laughs) been trusting in him that he's going to get me through it. So I felt this message already. So I hope you guys get to walk out of here feeling it too. I'm not by myself, you know, but it's funny because we were literally just talking about facing opposition at our impact night last Sunday. Um, If you do not go to our impact night or you haven't been in a while or just haven't been at all, I encourage you. It's an awesome time. We kit here at 6 o'clock. We turn some music on and we pray. And um, there is just something that happens when we pray, but even more happens when we pray together. So it's incredible. We have been seeing breakthrough, feeling it, and seeing it happen. So it's pretty awesome. So if you haven't come, I encourage you, come. We have it next Sunday at 6 o'clock. It's going to be an awesome time of prayer. Um, but we last Sunday when we were having our prayer time, um, I was, like, feeling strongly. I was like, man, you know, we're going to be facing some opposition because we are all going for what God has for us right now. We were all in unity, praying together. I mean, you could just feel the presence of God. And it seems like every time that that happens, something goes wrong, right? Anytime something good is going on, something has to go wrong. So we were just talking about this. And it's, you know, when you go into what God is calling you to do, you have to expect to face opposition. And the Bible demonstrates this over and over again. We see Adam and Eve serving God, walking with him in the garden. I mean, things could not be more perfect. And then what? The serpent shows up, tempts them, and they fall, right? So that was their opposition. You see, Moses had Pharaoh as an enemy. That was his opposition. David had Goliath. Then you look at the New Testament, and you see that Jesus had the Pharisees. He had Herod. He had the Jewish leaders, Judas, I mean the devil, us, man. So today, we're going to be looking at chapter 4 of Nehemiah. So if you guys want, you can go ahead and open up your Bibles or your phone to Nehemiah chapter 4 um, and how his opposition was Sanballat. He, he wins favor with the king. He goes to rebuild the wall that was placed on his heart, and he took the initiative and stepped out, and he inspired those around him to do the same. So he's doing what God has called him to do. He starts to see work getting done. I mean, there's gates that are bring, being brought up, and, and he's, you know, just seeing this work getting accomplished. And then he runs smack into the face of opposition. It, invi- it, it literally just walks right in. So let's go ahead and start in chapter 4, uh, verse 1 through 2 of Nehemiah. It says, When Sanballat heard 
that we were rebuilding the wall, he became angry and was greatly incensed. He ridiculed the Jews, and in the presence of his associates and the army of Samaria, he said, what are those feeble Jews doing? Will they restore their wall? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they finish in a day? Can they bring those stones back to life from those heaps of rubble burned as they are? Wow. Somebody was a little not excited about the plan. (laughs) The word feeble actually means a flower that has been chopped off. So when he's calling the Jews feeble, he's actually saying that they're lifeless. They're hopeless. There's no chance of succeeding. Now, let's go ahead and read in verse 3. Where are we? Verse 3, it says, Tobiah, the Ammonite who was at his side, what are they building? Or what they are building, even a fox can climb up and it would break down their walls of stones. I could just picture these guys standing there like, you know, like chuckling, pointing. You know those fingers and stuff that people, you can just, wow, they're really just totally talking about us right now. I could just see them like butting up with each other. They are, he, Tobiah is just joining in on this negative party that's happening right now. If you can't see it, I mean, just read it right there. He is in it with Sanballat. So Nehemiah he prayed for favor, right, with the king. He was bold about his passion for rebuilding the wall. He inspired people around him. Then he's now seeing the gates being brought up. There's work being done. Things are being accomplished. There's unity happening together, and they're moving along. And then what? Opposition shows up. Doesn't this sound familiar? I mean, I know it does for me. Anytime I am walking a straight line, there I go, I'm going to be tripping soon and falling on my face. It just happens. But this one time, I'm going to share this, this story. Uh, this one time when we lived in Fairfield, before we came here, we lived in Fairfield. It was like a year and a half long that we lived there. And there was this amazing place that was like down the street from our house, probably like five, ten minutes away. Maybe it wasn't down the street, but it it seemed like it. It was amazing. It was called Larry's Produce. And it had, like, everything you can imagine for dirt sheep. And it was so good. All their produce, all their, their fruits, their vegetables was, like, the best of the best. So I would go there every week. You know, I'd ask Brandon, okay, I need cash. I get cash. So every week, sometimes twice a week, I'd go there with my bags. I was ready. You know, the boys loved it too. At this time, Gunner was still really small and he was walking, but he was like, you know, one of those like kind of walking, you know, when they just start walking, they're more falling than anything else. That's the stage that he was in. So I'd put him in the car, you know, Colt would help me load up all this fruit and vegetables. They would get so excited because they would get to get, like, grapes and everything, and they loved it. So I'm going there, and for those of you that know me, you know that I love salsa and that I always have salsa in the fridge because I have boys, three of them, that love salsa as well. So sometimes there's always a container or sometimes a pot, depends on how generous I'm feeling, of salsa. And when I would go to Larry's Produce, I'd load up on all the stuff to make salsa, and one of my favorite chili peppers is actually called Fresno peppers. They're actually really hard to find. Um, My tia Becky, she's She's amazing at finding stuff like this. And her and my dad will go down to this place where they have them like once a year. And they would always get me this massive storage amount of Fresno peppers. The guy roasts them. It's amazing. But I'm thinking, hey, 
I wonder if they have Fresnos here or if they're going to get them. So I go and I talk to the guy. I said, hey, you know, do you happen to know what Fresno peppers are? Most people don't know them. And he says, yeah, we have them here. And I said, I'm like looking around, where? I come here every week. Where do you have them? And he's like, oh, just over there. And he points and I'm looking. I'm like, all I see is a dirt road, like a dirt area over there. I'm like, where? And he's like, over there. He goes, we actually have a lady that comes every week and she brings her bag and her gloves and everything. And she goes out there and she picks them. I go, oh. Okay, and then you just bring him back here and, and, and pay for him? He goes, yeah. So I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is so amazing. At this day, I had Gunner with me. Colt was not with me. And I actually, it was a really hot day, so I'd, I happened to be wearing, you know, I was wearing shorts, a T-shirt, and my super cute sandals that I had just bought. I was so excited about these sandals, you guys. They were, like, super cheap and super cute. Yes, that, that was the definition of these sandals. They were my favorite. So I'm like, yes. I grab a bag. I grab Gunner. I'm like hauling him. I walk over to where he's pointing. And I'm wandering around. I'm looking. I'm like, where in the world are these peppers? And I see this Mexican guy. I can say that I'm Mexican. So I see this Mexican guy walking. And I go, excuse me. And he goes, hola. And I said, hola. And he looks at me and goes, yes. And I said, um, Fresno peppers? You have them? The man over there said that, you know, they were over here somewhere. And he goes, uh, Fresno peppers? And I said, yeah. He said they were, like, over here somewhere. I, I want to get them. I have a bag. You know, I'm, like, all excited. Here it is. <laughs> and he looks at me, and he kind of looks at me up and down, looks at my shoes, looks at my clothes, and he starts speaking Spanish. And, of course, because I'm Mexican, I'm supposed to speak Spanish, but I don't. So I just looked at him. I said, ha, 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 no espanol. Peppers. <laughs> you know, and he, he just, again, looks at me up and down, looks at my shoes, scratches his head. And uh, he goes, waves over this other guy that comes over. I'm like, great. <laughs> Let's just get the whole gang together and speak to me, and I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> so he comes over, and, and he actually translates. So he says, you're uh, looking for the Fresno peppers. And I said, yeah. He goes, they're out there. And I said, yeah, I want to get them, so can you point me in the direction that I need to go? And he goes, and he kind of chuckles, and he looks at the other guy, and they kind of start laughing. He goes, uh, he goes, you sure? And I said, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> he goes, uh, okay, uh, are you sure? And I said, yes, I'm sure. I have my bag. And he goes, okay, uh, just in there to be careful. And they kind of start laughing, and I'm just like, shh, whatever, you know. <laughs> So I take my bag, I take Gunner, pick him up, and it's, like, really hot out there. I take, like, two steps into this, you know, brown road. <laughs> I have never in my life been in a field at this point, and this was no ordinary field. I, I swear they must have had, like, super soaker sprinklers going on all night long or something because it was like, you know, when there's massive amounts of snow, people know better to step in it because what happens, you sink? Well, here I am trotting along with Gunner in my super cute sandals, and I into the mud. I mean, all the way past my ankle into this thick mud gunk. I can feel it squishing in my toes. I am so disgusted, and I'm mad because I can hear them chuckling behind me speaking Spanish. Oh, so mad. So I'm standing there. I turn around. I'm like, I'm going to get my peppers. I can see them. I can see them in a distance. I'm like, I can do this. I can do this. You know, whatever. 
I'm strong, so I take Gunner, and Gunner's just kind of looking at me like, what are you doing, Mom? So I take another step. Wrong move. I almost fell. I caught myself with my elbow, and luckily it was a firmer part of mud, but I had now mud all over my arm. So I turn around, take Gunner. I'm trying to pull myself out, and as soon as my, my foot gets out of the mud, my sandal is still stuck in it, so when it comes out, it slaps. Now I have mud all over the back of my legs, and I walk as fast as I could to the car, pretty much run to my car, because that day was really busy. There's people all over, and I happened to park really far, because there was nowhere to park, so I'm like, plack, 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 all the way back with Gunner, so humiliated, never want to go there again, but of course I do go back there. And I made it home, luckily, wrapped some bags around my feet, threw away my favorite super cute shoes. But <laughs> I was not prepared. I was not equipped. And because I was not prepared or equipped, I got stuck. When we're doing what God has called us to do, we have to be prepared. We have to be equipped to face opposition Otherwise, you will be surprised, and you will get stuck in its muddy trap. Now, maybe you're facing opposition right now. Maybe you're in this state, and you, or maybe you're online, and you're listening, and you finally decided to come to church, but, you know, you got sick, or you got called into work, or you, you wanted to work on your temper this month, and you know, and you've been doing really good, you've been, you know, asking God for help or doing everything you can to control that inner temper, and then one of your kids bumps into you, spills coffee all over you, and you yell and say angry words that, you know, those angry words. And, or you decided to serve more in church, and now your, your home life is falling apart. Opposition. We cannot be surprised that when we finally take that step of faith, the enemy brings opposition. The harder you serve Jesus, the harder you face opposition. It's like when, you know, you're lost at sea, and I see this like in movies, when they're lost at sea, and they shoot off their flare gun to let somebody know where they're located so that they can come and get them. When we step out in faith, we tithe more, we begin to serve more, we pray, we start inviting people to church or showing God's love. This is a spiritual flare gun that shoots off and lets the enemy know where you're at in your walk with God. The devil does not want us to stay there. He wants to bring us back to complacency, back to normal, have you on cruise control, you know, where, where you're not going to shake things up. So if you want to stay unseen, not face opposition that much, you know, just keep things quiet, then keep praying the simple dinner prayers. Don't serve. Be a bench warmer, not a player. This cruising kind of life does not worry the devil, you guys. But if you want to shake things up, make the devil scared, then we need to pray God-sized prayers. We need to get involved, love on people that are different than us, not the same. Okay, it's easy to love somebody that's the same, but it's harder to love someone that's different. We need to begin to share our faith, but you will face opposition. You're going to be criticized. Nehemiah is an incredible example of what we should do in the face of opposition. So let's go ahead and read in verse 4. It says, Hear us, our God, for we are despised. Turn their insults back on their own heads. Give them over as plunder in a land of captivity. 
I'm going to go ahead and read verse uh, 5 as well. It says, Do not cover up their guilt or blot out their sins from your sight, for they have their own ins- or thrown insult in, uh, in the face of the builders. So what does he do when he's faced with opposition? He prays. He does not respond to opposition. He does not respond to the men who are criticizing him. He responds to God. Nehemiah stands firm in the face of opposition. He understood where his help comes from. In the face of opposition, we do not respond. We don't respond to the voices that are telling you you're not good enough, you're not strong enough, you're not capable. What you're doing is not working. It's not going to happen for you. You do not respond. In the face of opposition, you respond to God. You pray. We have to be moved by what God thinks and not what our critics think. We need to begin to declare out loud that I am not moved by criticism or praise. We see Nehemiah does not answer to Sanballat or to Tobiah. He answers to God. So in the face of opposition, who are you answering to? What are you turning to? Do not let what the enemy has for you pull you down and shrink your faith. But instead, we need to allow God to take what was meant to tear you down and lift you up. Now, when we choose to pray in the face of opposition, it gives us this power. And, and, it, and it continu- we are able to continue on in what he's called us to do. But that doesn't always mean that opposition is over yet. You know, sometimes we can, we can get, you know, give victory and get all excited, like, yeah, we did it, we're through it, and then pow, oh, okay, I guess I'm still in this. Just because you pray through it doesn't mean that it's over yet. So let's read verse 6 through 8. It says, so we rebuilt the wall till all of it reached half its height, for the people worked with all their heart. But when Sanballat, Tobiah, the Arabs, and the Ammonites, and the people of Ashdod heard the repairs to Jerusalem walls had gone ahead and that the gaps were being closed, they were very angry. They all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and stir up trouble against it. So they heard that they're doing a good job. They heard that work is being accomplished, and they began to plot to come against it. So in the face of opposition, we need, to be sur- we need to surround ourselves with other believers to pray together. You know, just this week I had uh, a friend who called me and was like, hey, I have it on my heart. I want to pray for you. You know, can we do this together? And can I tell you that when you're praying by yourself, God is moving. But when you pray with someone else that is strong in their faith, too, or maybe stronger, oh, man, we're going to get some work done, right? It, it, it makes a difference when you surround yourself with other believers to pray together. Nehemiah doesn't allow the criticism to seep into his heart. He prays. Then he gathers the workers together. See, it says, um, Where is it? In verse 9, it says, But we prayed to our God and posted a guard day and night to meet this great, this threat. So they gather together to pray. But right after they pray and they get together, they're doing, you know, what, what God has called them to do, they begin to doubt. It is easy, you guys, to give in to doubt, to give in and to listen to the negative words that are spoken over your life. 
We have to, in the middle of all those other voices, all those lies, sometimes it's ourself that's pouring those lies on ourselves, and we begin to speak those voices. But if there are people around you that are speaking negativity, that are speaking against who God has called you to be, we need to learn to close our ears and to fix our eyes to the one who has called us. If God has given you a calling, then stop listening to the voices around. Stop answering to the negative people in your life. They didn't call you, and they're not going to help you. God called you, and he is the one that helps us. You think that we have not been criticized? Oh, man, I can tell you, we get criticized all the time. This is just the life for us. (laughs) It's a great life, let me tell you, when you're serving God. But we do face criticism. But we choose to listen to who has called us, not to who's around us, because we answer to him in the end. Let's read verse 16. From that day on, half of the men did the work, while together, well, or sorry, while the other half were equipped with spears, shields, bows, and armor. The officers posted themselves behind all the people of Judah who were building the wall. Those who carried materials did their work with one hand, and they held a weapon in the other. When doing the will of God, expect opposition. We've got to be ready. We've got to surround ourselves with people to pray for us. We've got to be armed with the word of God. It says that they were working with one hand. They were armed with the other. Um, And let's go ahead. If you can turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 18. All right, Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 through 18 it says a final word be strong in the lord and in his mighty power put on all of god's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies so notice how it says against all not some all of the strategies of the devil for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. I love that. Stand your guard. Stand your guard, putting on the belt of truth for the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will fully be prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fury arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. I love that verse. That right there is how you face opposition. I don't know what road you're on today, but God has a calling for your life. And we cannot continue to allow the enemy to catch us by surprise when we are facing opposition. We've got to stand firm. We've got to surround ourselves with others who are strong or stronger than us to pray with us. We've got to be armed with the word of God. We've got to know that we can turn to Ephesians 6, 10 through 18, and it's going to show us what we need to begin to do. Because it says right there, God gives us the peace. He gives us the shield 
to, to go against the enemy. So if you're here today and you have been facing opposition left, right, up, down, and you're tired, you're exhausted, you're not by yourself. God knows your strength, but he also wants to help you with that. And we have to start by allowing him and, and begin to open up our ears to him and focus on him versus the voices that are around us. I'm going to uh, go ahead and pray, but before I do, when I was studying for this, man, I was just asking God, God, what do you want me to share? You know, I'm facing opposition right now. How am I supposed to share, you know? But God was speaking to me that I am going to be your strength. If you just continue to keep your eyes on me, each step gets a little bit easier. So, you know, when you're facing that opposition, don't look at what's around. Just focus your eyes on him, and he's going to help you make that next step. And it may just be step at a time, but hey, we're going to get there together, right? If we continue on, if we continue to pray and seek him, he's going to help us and encourage us. And then we're going to be able to turn around and say, that's right. I kept on walking. I have made it through the fight because he has given me strength to do it. So let's face opposition. Let's be ready today. Let's walk out stronger than when we walked in because we now know that God is for us. So we can, can now go, go out today and be stronger together. God, I thank you, Lord, for this plan, God, that you have for these people today. God, I thank you that you are calling them, even right now, Lord, to begin to step out of their comfort zones, Father. Lord, to, to, to empower them to move on and do something great, do something bold, Lord. You have given them a passion, but maybe they've blocked it off or they put it in a box and, and, and thought that they weren't good enough to do it or they weren't strong enough or it just wasn't the right time. God, I pray that you would remind them of that calling and that they would begin to open that box and remember that you are with them, that you are going to fight for them, Lord Jesus. I pray against the enemy. I pray against all the negativity, God, that may be surrounding them as they are walking firm. I pray, Lord, that they would close their ears and focus only on you, Lord Jesus. Help us to see you when we can only hear the negative. Help us to keep our eyes on you, Lord. Thank you for listening to this message. We trust that it's left you feeling loved, encouraged, and challenged to grow. If we can help you grow in your walk with Jesus, please connect with us on Facebook or on our website. We would ask that you subscribe and rate this podcast so that we can continue to stay up to date with you on what's happening here at Christian Life and so that others can hear. We'll see you next week on the Christian Life Podcast.